0: I'm Katie and I'm Michael and this is Missing History where each week we bring you and ourselves a story about a woman or someone who identifies as female that we want to know more about.
1: We'll share some stories, talk about it, and maybe get a little mad at the patriarchy.
0: I'm gonna go with probably more than a little mad.
1: That seems about right.
0: Today's episode contains strong language and references to violence and sexual assault.
1: So, Katie, <laughs> South China Sea has been in the news a lot recently, right? Just,
0: yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, uh, whose is it is what my vibe. Yeah. And I'm sort of like, why is it ours?
1: Right. The big question's like, China's basically like building islands out of nothing questionably putting military bases on them we keep sailing boats near those islands and that's yeah, apparently like a, a big deal yeah it's a posturing area right yeah posturing lots of posturing there's a lot of
0: like my boats are here how big are your boats <laughs> um and we have to respond to that apparently
1: yeah and ironically enough that's not this isn't the first time that the south china sea has been sort of a center for those mm-hmm. kind of issues um mm-hmm. the late 18th early 19th century it's a huge center of trade. Yeah. And you get some pretty big issues going on because wherever there's trade, there's pirates.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And wherever there's pirates, there's people pissed about pirates.
0: And in this time, is, like, Europe aware of how to get to China fast? Yeah. So well, have they made that kind of...
1: Fast, I think, is relative. Um, but, well, for the time. They yes. could actually get there. There's a significant European presence in one particular port in China, which is where we're going to go today to talk about our badass lady pirate, Ching <laughs> Shi. Yeah. Now she is born in seventeen seventy five in the province of Gangzhou, which is home to Canton, which is the one port in China that is open to European trade.
0: Why do they only get one?
1: It's the Chinese government's way of trying to limit European influence. The idea nice. being that they can kind of control. All yeah, the Europeans European are really good about reining it in. No so that's probably not actually really. a good idea for China. <laughs> Um, And it's been working pretty well. Um, It's been Chinese policy for about a century and a half at this point. Mm. European trade is pretty established, but China still has a pretty good control over it.
0: Question from my youth. I always understood why Europeans wanted Chinese goods or East, uh, quote unquote, Eastern from a Western perspective. But like India had spices. It had stuff that Europe didn't have. So Mm -hmm. what did Europeans have that China wanted?
1: Two things. Money and advanced technology,
0: um, and
1: what actually turns out to be the really big issue, very similar today, is there's a huge trade imbalance at this point between Europe and China because mm. China is making all of these things Europeans want—silk,
0: right? Silk, silk porcelain and... is a yeah. really big
1: thing. Spices, luxury um, stuff. Silk is a huge, huge thing. Yeah. Um, and the Europeans don't have a whole lot that the Chinese want, like some weapons, yeah, some that technology. Right. <laughs> but for the most part, they're just sending. Y'all all their... want some wool? Mm. <laughs> And the two things the Europeans have that they do want is gold and silver. Oh, so yeah. there's this huge trade imbalance Which where they're sending... Which he got from other
0: places, correct? <laughs> yes. Great, cool.
1: So we're sending basically like precious metals that are mined in other European colonies to China to pay for these things that Europeans want. Okay. Um, and so there's this huge trade imbalance. Eventually we'll end up in the opium wars, but that's getting a little yeah, too far ahead. for yep. opium a thing yet? Opium is just barely becoming a thing, mm. but it'll become a thing sort of near the end of our story. Mm-hmm. Um, so... 1775. Right. Qingxi is born. Big year. Big year. Right around all of this European sort of influence. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually she ends up working as a sex worker in a brothel in this city. Um, it's right next to Hong Kong. Canton, it, you said? Canton. It's mm-hmm. um, Gongzhou, is the name of today. Right. Um, it's right on the coast of the South China Sea. It is the biggest port in Asia at this point. It's the only place Europeans can go. Right. Huge amount of trade. Right. And of course, huge amount of trade means huge amount of pirates. Yeah. And this is, when you think of, like, 1700s pirates, mm. the image you have in your head is actually probably not super wrong. Like, a bunch of guys in ships mm-hmm. sort of trolling around, raiding villages, stealing ships, capturing and slaughtering lots of people. Mm. Um, and so...
0: Not a lot of ladies
1: not a lot of ladies there's one other lady pirate mm. that i was able to read about she comes in the late 19th early 20th century and is sort of one of the last big pirates 20th 20th oh,
0: dang yeah all
1: right. um that's based out of hong kong before the british sort of stamp all of that out mm-hmm. um and so xing is working in and around all of these pirates all of these european traders all of these chinese government officials involved in this trade And because she's a sex worker and is really good at what she's doing, she gets all of this information Mm. and sort of uses it as a tool to build up what seems like, we don't have a lot of evidence, but, like, a pretty powerful, like, social business empire thing where, like, she has a lot of influence in the city because she knows everybody's secrets because all these men are sleeping with her. Nice. And so she has a fair amount of power. And especially for a woman at this period, she is super powerful in this city. And so when this pirate lord for lack of a better term, Chang Yi comes and he's looking to sort of solidify his base. He's like, oh, you're cool. You've got some skills. You've got some knowledge. Mm. Let's make a partnership. Mm. And so they end up getting married. But the deal of the marriage is she gets a 50% control of his fleet. So now she's in the situation where like, not only is she like a badass sort of running things Mm -hmm. out of this brothel, but she is also a 50% owner. Of a fairly large pirate she's fleet. pretty
0: cunning and ambitious yeah she's, she's got, getting what she, she wants she wants to make some
1: exactly um and so now what Cheng Yi has been trying to do for the last couple of years is unify a bunch of these different pirate fleets into one really big fleet under his command make it sort of the pirate force in the south china sea Sweet. um and after their wedding in 1801 Uh, the historian's quote about it is she is fully participating in her husband's piracy end quote Mm -hmm. um but it's not really her husband's piracy for too much longer because she ends up becoming basically an equal partner in it um and by 1804 they've unified the fleets that they were looking to unify into this one really big pirate fleet called the red flag fleet which has a couple hundred ships and several thousand pirates in it like they're not messing around It's bigger than sort of any... Yeah, it's bigger than any navy in the area. It's more powerful than pretty much anything the Chinese government can send at them. Um, And they're sort of ravaging European and Chinese shipping all along the coast. They're going as far west as Vietnam. They're not to be messed with. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, in
0: 1807,
1: Mm -hmm. Chang'e gets sunk by a tsunami. Oh, no.
0: There's
1: some... Disagreement. It's possible he was assassinated in Vietnam, but the image that I think is cool that we're going to stick with is <laughs> his ship is out there. Big wave comes out of nowhere, yeah. sinks his boat.
0: Yeah.
1: So all of a sudden, there's a power vacuum. You've got this is huge there, fleet. There we go. Huge fleet. All these competing captains and a woman in charge. And of course,
0: men love that.
1: Men are just especially huge old fans men. Of that. Like
0: uh, not old, like you know what I mean, like it, past men.
1: Yes, it's always their favorite thing yeah. in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ching Shih is left in the situation where she has to solidify power over this fleet because, of course, she's not giving it up. No. Like, she's worked hard to get this, mm. but she has to cajole, convince, sort of figure out how to convince all of these male captains with all of their ego to keep following her. And this is where things get, at least to, like, our modern ear, a little weird. Mm. Um, so her husband had adopted a fisherman's son as sort of like an heir. And at this point, Chinese adoption practices are pretty much like one of the most effective ways to continue a lineage if you don't have mm-hmm. a son so it's not necessarily like the way we would think of adoption is like a young kid who needs parents but it's like here's the person I want to be my successor I'm going to formalize that relationship through adoption mm. so it's technically like her stepson but it's more like protege
0: uh-huh. um,
1: and he had been lovers with her husband oh,
0: that's so progressive. very right. progressive
1: and so basically what she does is like great you're my lover now as a political move. What a
0: fluid family. To
1: solidify <laughs> power. Um, they end up getting married um, and use that sort of alliance to solidify control over the fleet. But what because it really is. she can't is, rule by
0: herself. But if they see a man's with her, they're going to be like, well, it's not so bad. Exactly. Cool. But
1: what they don't realize is that he is just a figurehead. She is the. Duh. All of the power behind the throne, basically, is her. God, she's running so it. She's calling the shots. Yeah. But he has the title of captain of the fleet, basically, to soothe oh all of those okay. male egos. So- Um, and of course we know this because like the moment she establishes control they go from being a big deal to being a really big deal Um, the fleet grows to 1200 ships and 80,000 pirates so like comparable to what the like size of a modern navy would be Yeah, like really just like no one's gonna mess with them Um, and people try to mess with them the Portuguese, the East India Company, the Chinese government all send ships after them and they sink them all They capture them all. They just kick everyone's butt who comes for them.
0: Oh, the pirates The pirates, yeah. Okay.
1: Pirates are, like, unbeatable. Um, And in part, it's because they've established this really sort of complicated tribute system where there's all of these villages along the coast Mm. who, in return for not getting burned and pillaged...
0: Like the cartels?
1: Exactly. Will provide resources, money, basically pay tribute to the... Or extortion money Mm -hmm. to the fleet to keep them from getting burned. Yeah. And what happens when they don't do this is pretty nasty. So there's one village in particular that a British officer witnesses getting ransacked, burned, and all of the men in it get beheaded. And this is kinda of where things start getting a little gross, a little piratey, if you will. <laughs> um yeah. because there's a pirate code, very a la Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, Speaking
0: of, is she in that movie? She
1: is in okay, that great. movie. I thought of that of when you were talking about her. Nine like, pirate lords. Yeah, isn't
0: there one lady lord that's yeah. like a little old lady? Yes. Uh,
1: well, and she is very much modeled after Ching Shi. Amazing. Okay, yeah. okay sorry. Um, and we should also be clear, she is of all of the pirate lords, the ones with the biggest fleet and the most like butt kicking. So... Yeah, but
0: she gets to be a side character. Exactly. Cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. big deal. Um, so there's this pirate code that is pretty strictly enforced in the fleet. And if you wanted to take a guess about what the penalty for breaking any of the rules is, it's a pretty safe bet that it's beheading. So if you disobey order or give an order you're not allowed to give, beheaded. If you stole something or didn't give all of your loot to the treasury, beheaded. You're in
0: just throw them over, right? Why do you gotta cut their heads off? Because they could survive? It's dramatic, yeah, they could survive. It 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 makes a point. It's definite, that's for sure.
1: Exactly. Um, The one thing that would get you thrown overboard... Is if you had consensual sex with a woman while on duty, that would get her thrown overboard and you beheaded. Wait, what? Yeah, so here's this is this is the thing that like, you had to rape.
0: No, because okay. if you if you rape, you get That's beheaded. That's like their number one thing they do, isn't it? Yeah, and she was very <laughs> clear, like
1: not allowed. If you rape someone, you got beheaded.
0: Oh, great! Progressive way to go, awesome.
1: We like that. Yes, please. But if you're having sex with someone on duty. The man gets beheaded and you get thrown overboard with cannonballs tied to your legs, which I really struggled to like figure out, but I guess so it was like fault. keeping everyone focused. Yeah. But it seems really, really draconian to me.
0: Well, and th- there's a, I mean, I would assume they'd have women on the ships, but I feel like it's probably rare to have women on the ships and then to be distracted while having, like there's yeah. always something to do when you're on a ship. Exactly. So and if you're like... off gallivanting downstairs, mm-hmm. you're and... obviously not cleaning what you should be cleaning.
1: Yeah. So, and
0: you <laughs> so you get to die. It's a little extreme. Um, but it shows what they take seriously, which is their yeah, being on the boat.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And it's that sort of ironclad discipline that keeps this huge fleet yeah. together yeah. and lets her maintain that control over all of these dudes with egos. Right. Um, and it's the kind of thing where, like, everyone who's writing about her is really sort of fixated on this code as being this, like, sort of central thing to her control. Which mm. is interesting because you sort of think of the pirates is a very unwieldy organization where everyone's kind of doing whatever they want but if you're going to keep a group of 80,000 guys together going in the same direction doing what you want them to discipline is obviously like a really important thing it's
0: a navy yeah with no country exactly yeah
1: so they're like really really strict um a couple of other things that i thought were like absurd but also makes sense in the context is if you get deserted you'd get both of your ears chopped off and the ears would be packed around your boat to make sure no one else thought about, like, leaving without permission. Um, if you married someone, you had to be faithful to them. Otherwise, you'd be beheaded.
0: Are these rules specific to her group?
1: They're spe- yeah, they're specific to her fleet. Mm. It doesn't seem like this was sort of, like, a widespread practice. Mm. Um, but they're, they're obviously coming from somewhere, I think. Yeah. Um, but I think the answer pretty much to any problem in her fleet is...
0: Main people? Beheading. Or beheading. Mm,
1: Just like nice, simple, clear cut.
0: What are you doing that with on a boat? Big sword?
1: Big sword. There's this great... There's actually this great image of her um, fighting on like a ship's deck um, with sort of explosions going on in the background. And she has this giant sword in her hand and it looks like she's about to chop someone else's head off.
0: You know, she's got her head sword. Yeah. (laughs) With that much beheading, you'd have to have a special instrument,
1: right? Exactly. I'm sure she like... It's similar to the, the Game of Thrones, the big sword that mm. Ned Stark uses. I'm sure she's got one tucked away somewhere. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. Yeah. Cool.
1: And so they're doing all this sort of pillaging, pirating for about three years. Mm. Um, obviously, the Chinese government, not super jazzed about this. They're like not big fans. Mm. Makes the South China Sea really dangerous, cuts into trade. Yeah. It's kind of this Maybe embarrassing, like, we can't control our own territorial waters kind of a thing um and so in 1808 they send a huge fleet like pretty much every ship they have to destroy the red flag fleet mm. i'm just letting you take one guess how that goes for them
0: how many people do they send thousands they all die
1: all of them yeah all the ships Dramatically. captured cinematic destroyed burned or surrendered So they basically, in one go. I mean, not
0: sweet, that's really sad. I just want to be clear. Yeah. I don't want anybody to die in any of these stories. Right. Well, that's
1: really like the problematic thing. It's like, you (sighs) again want her to be this like great feminist icon taking space in like a male industry. It just happens that the male industry is piracy and piracy involves killing a lot of people. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's not like every historical documentary is about all the good guys. Like, I've seen so many books about Hitler i can't even tell you like why are we still writing about him he was a monster we get it the books have been written i don't think anybody has a fresh take on how (laughs) much of a gross pig he was but um you know yeah learning from the bad people is just as important i guess
1: yeah and obviously like it sort of like a pick and choose well
0: and it's the other kind of feminist principle of just like the the stupid logic that women should be allowed in spaces because we are better and that's not the case we're people and mm-hmm. that's why we should be let in spaces and we have just as much capacity to be awful and wrong yeah and that's not a fault of our gender right it's, no it's equal yeah so like there's just as standards. many terrible women out there that did horrible things so yeah
1: yeah um learn
0: about all of them learn about everybody
1: exactly um and so the horrible thing she does is like massacres this fleet to the point where, yeah. like, the Chinese government is forced to, like, convert fishing ships into naval vessels in an attempt to, like, keep her under control. And when you're turning your, like, fishing boats into Navy ships, you know, Dan you're, like, scenario. not in a great place. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is also the point where, like, the Portuguese Navy and the British East India Company are sending ships after them, and every time they show up, she's just like, no. Mm. Captures them, burns them, sinks them, mm. or whatever. Um, but in 1810, after years of sort of, like, shutting down everyone who comes for her yeah she is finally sort of up against someone that she's worried about she's about 35 she's been running the fleet on her own for about five years now has been a pirate for only about a decade so when you actually look at this like she starts being a pirate in like 1801 and then we're going to see really shortly pretty much out of the game by 1810 it's like not even a full decade wow but in that time assembled like one of the largest pirate fleets in history wham bam so she's just like in out get it done mm-hmm. but in 1810 one of her subordinates breaks away
0: takes hey, with hey. him
1: a pretty big chunk of the fleet and aligns with the chinese government
0: Ooh! and so
1: not only now is this she. this is a movie that I, would be so good i really think it should be yeah it's one of those things where That's i'm like
0: such a twist why
1: i'm sh- and i'm honestly i'm sure there's a movie somewhere but i haven't seen it and i think i need to yeah um because he like betrays her aligns with the government <gasps> they're set up for this really big battle. Yeah. And I think the reason it's not a movie is because it's a little anticlimactic. So oh. for this big battle. And she's like, you're offering me amnesty in return for like, not having to fight me. I think I'm going to take you up on that. Oh yeah, girl. Um, and so the government offers her preservation and her fleet amnesty. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get to keep all of their stolen loot. They get to keep their lives and they that can is... settle wherever they want.
0: I, d- I... I don't want to say this, but I'm going to. It's such a female response.
1: Isn't it? <laughs> to be like,
0: Oh, I don't um, have to do this work? And I don't have to... And, like, honor schmanner, like, I don't need to die in battle. I'd rather live out. Well, it's also a pirate thing, I feel yeah, like, where it's, it's just like, like I can bail. I'm number one. I would like to live on an island. Bye. Yeah, I'm going to take the deal.
1: Yeah. Which I think is, you know, is the reason we're talking about her. Yeah. Because she takes the deal. Mm. She gets away. I think out of the 80,000 people in her fleet, the government's like, we need to prosecute, like, maybe 100 of them. But everyone else is good to go. And you're good to go. And keep all your money. And you can go settle where if you want
0: just stop
1: just like we don't want to deal with you anymore and we will do just about That's anything the to have to ticket, do it, it
0: mm-hmm. for a pirate
1: literally oh golden my, ticket oh
0: my god yeah girl. um
1: and so she does, she takes the deal mm-hmm. steps away from the pirate's she, life
0: she honorably takes the deal and does what she says
1: mhm <sighs> she like takes her money basically moves back home and opens a casino oh
0: my god i love her and just runs this casino, for all the casino for yeah, the next 30 but years I love that.
1: <laughs> um retires quietly to the countryside basically is like casino operator sort of runs some brothels like yeah going back to her roots in a way um yeah. and her lives business. and lives out peacefully for like another 30 years oh my god and then like as how
0: many pirates can say that
1: almost none yeah really right. like all of the major pirates in the caribbean generally end well, and just that like,
0: nobody tried to... Well, nobody... Uh, succeeded. In, succeeded in killing her. Yeah. Like, from inside or out. Nope. Like, that's such a hot target to have on your back.
1: Yeah. So, she manages to, like, avoid all of that, walks away, gets to keep all of her stuff, and has a pretty sweet life.
0: What happened to her, years. like, figurehead husband that was just convenient?
1: He also goes with her to the casino. Oh, and they hang out? And they, like, apparently very, like, happy marriage for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Not, we, but the the nice the really nice thing is it's the one time where I'm like, don't know what happens to the man. Have that's a lot fine. of information about what happens to the woman. I guess the it's just, like what's just her there. life
0: like? And, like, yeah, how political was that? Yeah, partnership.
1: And it seemed like pretty political, but yeah. got what they needed out of it. Get out!
0: that's yeah. so cool.
1: So dies like peacefully in her sleep in eighteen, oof, eighteen forty four. Eighteen forty
0: four. So like, solid.
1: Set bends like. Nine years being a pirate. And then a Yeah, lives off nine that years and that's what
0: she's known for. Yep. Get out.
1: Yeah. So that's like a if we're gonna talk like modern career woman, yeah. Making her name, getting what she's looking to get out seeing of it. Seeing
0: seeing an opportunity. Yep,
1: and then stepping away when things look like they're
0: political. Done. She sounds very politically minded. She yeah. sounds like uh Claire Underwood of boats. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yes. And yeah. I think you kinda have to be, right? If you're if you're yeah. gonna hold a fleet of that many people together for so long. Yeah be really focused on this, and then at the same time be, like, willing to step away from it when you realize you're not going to be able to get what you want anymore?
0: Yeah, and why kill a whole bunch of people? Like, there's gotta be... I mean, like, she seems like I'm number one and I don't care, but at the same time, if you're gonna save, like, all these dudes that are people, I'm sure that she had both, right? On her ships? Yeah. Um, People that have sailed with her, and then you're looking at an army that's gonna try and murder all of them, I mean... Wouldn't you take the deal? You'd think. That. I think a lot of people would. Yeah. I think a lot of people wouldn't. I think we've seen that in history where they try to trick them, or uh, you know, it's a pirate. So like, how good is their word? Yeah. She did a lot for pirates. I feel like when she's like, <laughs> "Yeah, I'm gonna take the deal, and I'm not gonna try and, you know, yeah, get you know, get around it." Totally. She sounds cool. I was, yeah. I knew that name. I knew she was a pirate queen, but I didn't know much beyond that. Yeah, I didn't I either. Think I've seen some cool like imagery. Mm-hmm. Is there any like? Of the time, imagery.
1: It's like there's really just that sort of that one drawing of her fighting on the ship. Dang. But she does show up in popular culture a lot, which is how I ran into her. Yeah. Watching Pirates of the Caribbean, I was yeah. like, "Who's this badass lady pirate?" Yeah. There's got to be a story there. So
0: who wrote about her?
1: um So she, there's a couple of British officers at the time who she captures, who write about <laughs> her, and similar to what you were talking oh, about that's with Boudica. Be. It's that's this a great scene. Are mm. you kidding? Right. Like it's British uptight
0: officers in red coats with this Chinese woman Mm -hmm. with her beheading sword being like, Welcome to my ship.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Right. And it's it's the same thing where it's like they're enemies and they're writing about her. So you can't necessarily take everything they write at face value. Yeah. But most of what they write about her is like pretty badass. Yeah. And like complimentary in the way that like you compliment someone who's like burning Mm -hmm. villages and like sinking ships. It's like she's doing a good job at that. Yeah. Um, and in, Genghis
0: Khan situation. Basically. Right? Oh, my God.
1: Um, and in Chinese popular culture, she shows up a lot. And there's a couple of, like, movies or um, documentaries about her that have come out recently. Yeah. Um, but the the one thing I watched that I really enjoyed is a college humor video <laughs> about her. They have a whole series of these, like, badass women in history. Yeah. Um, and she just comes in and, like, the first 30 seconds she's on screen, she cuts someone apart with a sword. So just, like, that's kind of the Fair. tone we're dealing with with her.
0: I mean, how tall do you think she was? I don't you know, know what I mean? I always like I don't want to talk about like physical stuff, but there is something to be said of just like you know, women are technically usually smaller than men. I don't want to presume, but you know, that's usually the first thing they write about women in history is just like what they looked like and how they came across. But yeah. I love this. Nope, she just had her big sword. Big freaking sword. <laughs> that's all you need to know about her yeah <laughs> and exactly. she ruled all of these people <laughs> and died happily in in her old age yeah holy crap it's
1: so nice right to be able to like finish a story like that with like yeah it's really she nice dies, like quietly in her bed
0: that's really nice yeah i appreciate
1: and that me too it's nice to like
0: well you did it some end, probably so. pretty nasty stuff lady but i'm glad i know yeah. about you now
1: yeah exactly cool.
0: cool good job michael thank you katie So I'm going to talk to you about a painter of the 1600s-ish. She's born uh, in Rome in, they think, 1590, maybe 1593, to Orazio and Prudencia Gentileschi. Her name is Artemisia. A lot of people know her. Is she
1: named after, like, the Greek I think so.
0: So, yeah, the Greek goddess Artemis is goddess of the hunt wilderness. Apollo's twin, I think. Mm -hmm. So um, Orazio, her dad, is a painter there's a there's a phase of painting happening now um called it's going into baroque which is basically they go from the renaissance where it's all really naturalistic and all of that stuff to this kind of more heightened dramatic take on things so there's mm-hmm. a lot of like deep colors and lighting is very specific it's like and really god there's, there's one candle there's stuff. one candle in the room and it's lighting his face so dramatically <laughs> but it's still very natural Okay. Um, His dad hangs out with Caravaggio, who's like the trendsetter of the time. You
1: know, casually.
0: Casually. Yeah, they're buddies. They're all in the Rome, hanging out. Caravaggio is kind of the trendsetter of the time, and his her dad is learning from him. And mm-hmm. therefore, when she's born, uh, she's the eldest of a bunch of boys. I think she's the only girl. And... Um, I think the dad tries to get all the kids into painting because it's like their family it's like the family business kind of thing she's the only one that really like takes to it and has the talent to support it and her dad's like should I be chill and like let her do it yes I should Go, dad. and like encourages her and puts her in the room with like Caravaggio and all his other friends and there's there's, he's a good painter her dad Mm -hmm. and he's getting into rooms of wealthy people and therefore she's got a kind of nice leg up whereas you know if she were just a girl who figured out she liked painting, I don't know if she would have the same kind mm-hmm. of career that she ended like up having.
1: Taking advantage of those family connections. But yeah. Making something with yeah, it. Yeah,
0: but having the talent to support it as well. So uh, her mom dies when she's 12. Oh, she's no. now the only girl in her house. Continuing For, with our
1: theme of mom's you know, dying. I you know. It's going to
0: happen a lot. Mom dies. Uh, she's 12. Hard time to be 12 without your mom. Going into your teenage life with a bunch of dudes Ooh. in 1600 Rome, so no thank um, you. At some point in her teenagehood, her dad rents an apartment to this lady called Tutsia. Uh she becomes like a kind of female confidant, like the only other woman in the home. Uh, they're kind of buddies, mm-hmm. and she lives in an apartment upstairs. Um, so she's pretty great at painting. Uh, One of her first paintings is Susanna and the Elders, which I think is an apocryphal biblical story where Susanna is bathing um, like you do outside and whenever Mm -hmm. a Bible happened. And um, (laughs) two nice gentlemen, quote unquote, come by and they're like, oh, sweet naked lady. And they leer at her and they're like, hey, we saw you naked, so you should just have sex with us. And then otherwise your reputation is going to be ruined. And she's like, no, thank you. And... It's kind of gross. Anyway, it's a very popular story for people to be painting right now. I think her dad did it. I think Caravaggio did it. Like, everyone's painting Susanna because you get Mm. a naked lady. Renaissance loves that. It's like the thing to do. Yeah. Oh, my God. She doesn't have a shirt on. Let's paint her. (laughs) So um, Artemisia's like, cool, let me take a crack at it. And she paints her. She paints her so cool. She paints her just being utterly repulsed by these two dudes that are totally gargoyling over her. Her sense, or like her, um, her interpretation of how everybody's behaving in the scene is very mm-hmm. singular. Because there's a lot of Susannas that are like, "Oh what? Oh did you just find me in my garden? Oh no, Mattel slipped."
1: Like a lot of like male gaze. A hundred
0: percent male gaze. And this is probably a little more accurate of like what that what the male gaze actually does, mm. <laughs> which is harmful and disgusting.
1: <coughs> Pardon and me. Is there like. Any backlash about this? Or are people like, oh, no, we really, like, dig this interpretation? No, I think, I
0: think. well, for a long time, I mean, there's not much written about it. But for a long time, they thought it was her dad's painting. Because it's so early in oh, her career. That they're like, a 17-year-old couldn't paint this? And she's like, well, "Actually I did. And I, now they think she did do it. And um, Susanna's face is just, like, oh, just in pain and, like, grossed out. And, like, they're almost, oh, they're near enough that they could grab her. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Interesting enough, uh, around this time, uh, a well-known artist, Agostino Tassi, comes to work with her dad. He's worked in a lot of buildings. He's like the Pope's new guy to paint some stuff that the Pope's building, because the Pope has stuff to paint, which is... The Pope always has stuff to paint. Yeah. A lot of buildings need covered in stuff. Um, That all looks the same. So, he's a great painter. Her dad's like, cool, another painter. We should get you all involved. Oh, crap. I have this... Job to do. I can't be here when you're hanging out with my daughter. But, you oh, know, no. your colleague Tutsi is here. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine.
1: I'm sensing some scandal. Is there um, going to be scandal?
0: It's going to get a little dark. Sorry about it. Oh, no. So Tassi becomes gross. He becomes fascinated. He becomes fixated. Oh. She's all of 17, 18. He's all of, I want to say 28. No, he's probably 34. If memory serves. He's older. He's older and should know better. Um, and there's another guy, Cosimo, who's also kind of into her. Because, I don't know. Because men. Yeah. And so uh, he's all, Cosimo's all begrudging that she won't give him the time of day. Cause she's freaking 18. Tossie doesn't care. So Tossie gets in with Tutsia and is like, let me get into the house. And Tutsia's like, cool, come through my apartment. There's no problem with that. I sort of like you, Tossie, no worries. So Tossie comes in, ends up forcing himself upon her, rapes her. She's all 17, 18 years old. And he's like, okay, so it's very violent. It's not, there's no mistaking what it was. It was rape. And he's like, okay, so this happened, but I want you to know that I'm going to marry you. So. No. no. It's all okay because no. I'm going to marry you. No. So a little context.
1: Not Okay.
0: I mean, is getting, um, she's getting a, a career kind of formed, but there's no guarantees on that. So still your value is in how you marry and who you marry. Mm-hmm. So the second someone takes away your main commodity, for lack of a better word, I'm really sorry to use that. I don't agree with it, but they're taking away your main value mm-hmm. in this society, which is your virginity and who's going to marry you. It's the same thing. Yeah, I see it a lot. Um. But she's of the mindset. She's like, what am I going to do? Oh, great. I have an out. He's going to marry me. Then I guess fine. Also, like, what kind of sex education did she get? Do you no. know what I mean? There's probably not a lot of awareness of what's going on and in her, a modern context. And
1: her dad's okay with this. Dad didn't know. Dad doesn't. So dad they, doesn't know. So the marriage happens before dad gets back. Didn't
0: get married. Hold.
1: Oh, okay. He oh. promises to marry her. Of course he He's does. He's like, we'll get married.
0: By the way since we're going to get married, you should just keep having sex with me. And she's like, I I guess. Because also, in this time, I mean, they're technically not married, but one could see how someone could maybe pervert the logic that there's no such thing as marital rape. Like, once there's a documented law that says a woman gives up her right to that once she marries her husband. Mm -hmm. Once she is married to her husband, they are one, and therefore she cannot deny a thing that they both are. You know what I mean? It's said in the context of, like, To become one, but really, it is she is his, and therefore he can do whatever he wants. So that's the context of Rome at this time, and therefore her upbringing. Great. So,
1: so really, just like female forward, super positive, super aware of
0: like what rape does to a person. So, um, he's a pig. Uh, everyone still likes his paintings, by the way. Let's not. Um, so they're in a quote unquote relationship just some BS. So after a year, Orazio's is like, "What's going on? I don't understand. Something's different." And he confronts both of them. He finds out what happened, and he's like, "Hell no, we're going to the court." And unfortunately, due to the context of the time, he has to say it in the vein of, "You ruined my goods cuz my daughter's marriage benefits my family." So basically like <sighs>
1: You've, like, destroyed some of my property. You destroyed some
0: of my property. Because that's the only avenue he has. I Mm -hmm. genuinely believe Orazio
1: He's, like, trying to be a good dad. I mean,
0: he taught her to paint. She works with him in his studio all the time. Only daughter. You know, it's just... They had a connection. that I can't... And he decides to take it to court. He didn't just beat her in the street, like, I'm sure happened. If not killing. Like, that happened. Honor killings happened at that time. So... Uh, the trial happens. And the reason we know about all this is because of Tosi's status and Orazio's status that the records were kept in the Vatican or like with the Pope documents because mm-hmm. they cite the Pope all the time. Pope's a big deal. So we have the like minutes of the seven month trial. Oh, that's fascinating. This girl gets to go to trial and like, yeah, I bet rape trials in the 1612 are just a huge oh, amount wait. of fun uh, for everybody. So, um. Yeah, So she goes, she gets to testify um, She states that she fought back She threw a knife at him uh, She was <laughs> unable to stop him However, And she called out to Tutsia So, so thanks to my friendship like, um, Tutsia's a monster too And uh, Lo and behold, in the midst of the trial We find out not only did Tassi Previously get convicted for rape And serve time He uh, He uh, <laughs> He raped his sister in law and a previous wife, which technically you couldn't. So n- moot. But he also has a current wife who's quote unquote missing. So that's not sketchy as all. No, oh, he's just like a. Great yeah, he's guy. a nightmare. He's a nightmare of a person. He uh he gets to testify too because everybody matters in a ring now. Um and he continually <laughs> uh he continually perjures himself. Like in the moment, he says things that contradict. The judge has to tell him to stop lying. Oh, boy. So so he's like... Great legs to stand on. good. And he tells them that she wrote le- erotic letters to many men and slept around and had sex with her dad and just all this... Bullshit. Yeah. I mean, he was trying to get out of it. So she maybe could write. <laughs> she maybe... So writing erotic letters to a bunch of people is maybe does not going to stand up. But anyway... Uh, he just tries to character assassinate her mm-hmm. and say she was lusty and and forward and mm-hmm. therefore at seventeen knew how to seduce a man in his thirties. Where know? have we heard what a wicked of woman that before? I, know, I think at some point I say Brock Turner one point oh. Anywho, <laughs> um, so they're like, should we should we believe this girl? I don't know. Her account of the story is so vulgar and violent and. You guys can read a transcript if you want, but it's terrible. I don't recommend it. So what should we do to make sure she's not lying against this guy? Maybe let's do some thumb screws. Let's let's get her some thumb screws. But like the lady kind that's not as like terrible will bind her hands and tighten the rope around her hands until she's like breaking her fingers to prove that she's telling the truth. I, I would just like to remind everyone she's a freaking painter. So, no problems there. And did Tassi get tortured? No. Why would he be lying? So, she was also required to have a gynecological exam in the courtroom with a sheet. Um, really fair. Really fair for everyone. Mm-hmm. So, she continually is like, Yes, he did it. He did it. He did it. Torture me. He did it. He did it. He did it. She does thumbscrews twice. Um, this guy, uh, who's a, f- well, not a friend, but like he heard Agostino and Cosimo bragging and therefore comes in and to testify against them. So that's a big character witness for her. And unfortunately, the last pages of the records don't uh, show what the verdict is, but everyone thinks that he got convicted and had to serve prison for about a year, but they think he was released prematurely. Um, Again,
1: where have we heard this before?
0: Right. I know. Yeah. We're so evolved. So um, a month later, so she gets her conviction we're not really sure what Orazio gets in, in, in payment back or any kind of like uh, damages. Mm-hmm. That was how that was originally framed. But she uh, goes on to um, the witness that testified against and His relative is like a young Flor- Florence uh, guy comes mm-hmm. in and he's like, I'll marry her. And he's like, age-appropriate, seems nice, has a little uncom. So Orazio is like, cool, let's do it. They marry in the dead of night with just, like, two witnesses because they were worried Tessie would send some goons to, like, break it up or even, like, kill her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she moves to Florence. She's like, bye, Rome. Get out of here. Um, while in Florence, she she befriends all these, like, high mighties, the Medici. She gets a really nice following of being, like, a woman of the Town, like ooh, look at this female painter. Oh, she's actually good. What an exotic kind of treat. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. So
1: she, so is she famous and in in her own time then?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, she's known, Mm -hmm. famous. Eh. So for context, Michael and I are looking at this like uh, assembly of of her paintings that I put together, which um, you can easily Google them. Um, So. Yeah, I mean, short notes. Um, So she moves to Florence. She continues to paint. Some of the paintings she does and are, is known for are um, a series of them about Judith, who is also a Bible story. If you guys don't know what happened with Judith, um, she goes into an enemy camp and like is like, hey, General, what's up? You're trying to kill all my people, but I'm just a wily woman and I want to hang out with you. And he's like, cool. Because mm-hmm. that's
1: never ever suspicious. No,
0: not at all. I mean, people are dumb. Uh, and she's like, "No, I, I want to, you know, I want to get in good with the opposite, and not have, you know, what I mean? Mm-hmm. It would, it would work." And so Holofernes is his name, and she's like, "Great, why don't you just keep drinking, babe? Just keep drinking. Let's just sleep, and you have more wine. And oh, don't worry about my maid who's here. Don't worry about her. She's got a giant knife. Don't worry about it." <laughs> and he falls asleep, and she beheads him. And is like, cool, we're good. So she's like a hero of the Israelite people. Once again, very famous subject matter for all these painters, right? What Mm -hmm. can you get out of a good beheading by a woman? Like really great dramatic lighting, cool props.
1: Nice and graphic. Arterial
0: spray. It's a whole thing. So Caravaggio paints one. And I'm showing you the Caravaggio next to Artemisia's. Mm -hmm. And how would you describe the Judith in both of them?
1: I would say... What that would you say
0: about the Judith and Mr. Seas? Car-
1: is like pretty detached. She's, she's like, like eh. pull, pulling back his hair and trying I can liken in. it
0: to my face when I pull hair out of a drain.
1: Right. Like gross, but it's like <laughs> something you do every couple of days. Yeah. Like not out of the ordinary. Yeah. And, and just, how would
0: you describe the maidservant uh, in that one?
1: She's old wizened. Well, let's go ahead and call it crone. Like, she's a yeah. giant
0: crone. Um, Super stereotyped. Yeah. His face, however, is where all of the yeah focus the focus is the focus his is definitely on
1: and him his uh surprise surprise with the nice <laughs> so arterial spray over, on the pillow Yeah,
0: right so then we go over to miss a's and um judith is like no nonsense she's like pushing him down she's using all of her arms she's she's like she's got these strong forearms she's shoving his head to the side you can't even really see his face
1: all in darkness
0: He's got blood shooting out the side, and then her maid is like on top of him holding him down.
1: hmm And she's also like a younger woman. And is
0: also like a more yeah. Yeah. Um yeah,
1: yeah and the, I love the difference in sword size. Like in Caravaggio, it's this kind of like yeah, you can't even petite see it. dagger. It's, it's barely like thin. visible. It's like yeah. not anywhere. And
0: yeah
1: <laughs> in hers, it is yeah. this big sword. Yep. Yeah. Right smack center in the painting. Yeah. Super clear. And it
0: looks like Judith on the on the Caravaggio one is just like barely using any f-
1: yeah. Physicality. Like, like she's
0: just like mm, cutting up. Yeah, it's
1: really stayed. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: it's that's how easy it is. Whereas mm-hmm. the other one looks like work. Yeah. But she- yet the faces of the women are just like We're getting shit done, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. Yeah, doing.
1: it's just they're super focused. So it's just like.
0: I want to say that I've read a bunch of um, different takes on Artemisia's career, <clears throat> particularly with these paintings, because people like to presume that due to her experience, she had a calling to like put her pain in her work and there's some feminist uh views that that's a little um what's the word Inacur- easy mm. or that's a little like uh would you do that to a man sort of all simplifying of his pain, all of her work. all of her work is because she got raped and i mm-hmm. think that's maybe not Quite correct. This is a common subject of all the painters of the time. Mm-hmm. So she put her own spin on it. Yeah. Yes, just she bring that some, perspective to but it. But like her rage is not why this painting is good. Mm. It probably added something. I don't want to deny that. And I'm sure she probably had some joy. Like she went back and painted again and made better blood. Like I think she got a little something. Yeah, maybe. At, but at the same time, I think just seeing a female interpretation of a female centric story is interesting. And yeah. That's what people want to get out of her more. Mm-hmm. However, we are gonna talk about one little um painting that she did that might have been a little reflective of what happened to her, which okay. is the next slide.
1: Moving ahead. So
0: mother and child. hmm And there's correlation. So, guys, I'm really sorry to describe this, but this mom is over it in this painting. Her baby's the devil, as best I can tell, and has like bitten her while trying to feed, and she's like bleeding, and there's and if you see on the right-hand side, Michael, I zoomed in on the baby. Mm-hmm. And then guess who that is on the bottom?
1: Is that Tossy? That's,
0: that's Tossy, And who looks like a baby? Tossy.
1: Oh, boy. So
0: if you think that about it loaded. that way, I mean, it looks like him to me. Maybe I'm trying to see into it. But this little demon baby looks a lot like yeah. Mr. Uh, bowl cut over here, <laughs> who should not be remembered. So... That's the only one I really want to talk about, like her rape experience maybe influencing mm-hmm. her art. And uh, yeah, I could, she, and also like a portrayal of a mother and child that is so anachronistic did. of what most people were painting. Right. Because
1: the, there's that like Madonna and Child motif. Yeah. We're going to
0: see another one of hers where she's kind of flips it. But yeah. like you would never see a baby. This but, is a horrible image. Right. Like there shouldn't like This is a horrible image. She was able to paint it. She was able to, for someone to be like, I'm going to get you to paint that for me. And it's maybe a different side of motherhood that we don't often see. Yeah. And I think a mother would maybe paint... Or a woman who's aware... I know. It's a different view. Yeah. It's a different viewpoint, and I appreciate her.
1: That seems to be, like, her thing. It's, like, yeah. bringing a female just gaze still a different, to it. Just
0: a different perspective. Just yeah. different. So, anyway, she goes to France. France? What? She goes to Florence. Sorry. With her husband. She's got... Uh, she, uh, has, um, she has the fun job of having kids in a time when medicine is not great childbirth is not great i Mm -hmm. mean so she has unfortunately four four sons who die as child children or babies but she does have one daughter who gets to live until adulthood and she names her after her mom which i always find very sweet sweet. she's got a little baby prudencia and uh she's like i said she's supported by the medici and um prominent people of the time she's getting commissioned to do paintings however from my understanding like Painting is like a fine trade, but you really want to be doing, um, cathedrals or like prominent buildings, like bigger commissioned pieces. And she's not necessarily getting that kind of work. However, she is accepted into the Academy. Oh gosh, it's in Italian. I'm going to say it in English and I'm sorry. Academy of Design, uh, in 1616 and is the first woman to be included. Wow. So, and that's pretty early in her career as well. Yeah. She's pretty young still. She, um... Exchanges a lot of letters with people of the time. She uh, has some that correspond with Galileo. She's like acquainted with him and they have a correspondence because he knows a lot of people that can maybe give her commissions as well. Mm-hmm. Um, however, she has she might have a credit problem. She
1: and so have a
0: credit. Problem. <laughs> she might uh, borrow a lot of money and get into debt. So life's hard. And I think part of that, which is interesting, is there's a certain expectation to present yourself as being allowed to be in these rooms with these wealthy people. Mm-hmm. And therefore there's an inherent like problem by being a poor like artist. Like a,
1: a Paul Manafort. Like you need to be living that kind of lifestyle. Yeah. And then, you then it's like, the where'd you get this money? And it's
0: like, oh crap. Well, you know what? Let's move to Rome. So <laughs> she <laughs> separates from her husband and moves back to Rome. She actually keeps moving all around and continues to paint. Um, she has another daughter named Francesca in 1627. Not sure with who. Because I understand her and her husband are separated this time, mm-hmm. but there's not a lot on her. Um, she starts to get a little more work. Her dad ends up going to the court of Charles the First of England, and he's like, "Oh, I should bring my daughter with me," and he gets her to go with him. So there's still a bond there, and there's a there's a work.
1: There's like kind Italian painters hanging out in England. Well,
0: I'm gonna bring my kid. Like mm-hmm. I think that's really sweet that he wanted to work with her again and yeah. made made time for her. She goes back to Italy and she continues to work um, until her death in around the 1650s. And they think that like a plague swept through and she just didn't make it. But both of her kids get married in Naples. From what I can tell, they lived out the li- their lives as well. And then just regarding uh, what happened to her. So there wasn't a lot of interest. But as time goes on, people are aware of like how much her work is kind of special of the time because mm-hmm. you don't have a lot of female perspectives on art then so, so it's the kind
1: of thing where like at the time she's recognized like you're kind a, of a painter she's a great painter you're great yeah and you're a, a bit of an oddity because you're a woman yeah but there's not this idea of like there's something particularly special about yeah. that
0: she's definitely not revered as like the tortured geniuses of the rest of them mm-hmm. I, I find so um a lot of her paintings going to uh disrepair and and are lost or not categorized in the same way to keep them in the consciousness of Mm -hmm. people and art people. So definitely in the 20th century, I find or over time, there's always been like one or two people that cite her as being interesting, but, um, definitely in the 21st century, there's a renewed love and appreciation for her and a seeking out of her work. Mm
1: -hmm. So there's
0: a continual search for things and restoring and they've restored a lot. There's like a foundation to support her art and her artists, um, presented in museums in a new way. And there's a lot of more awareness of her now mm-hmm. than there ever was before, which I find great. And not just because of her rape, like it's definitely always a sub point,
1: mm-hmm. but it's
0: her work stands up and her work is important and should be viewed with this kind of, what a great opportunity to see what a woman see saw in this subject matter. um, The thing that people connect with the most is how human her women are in the paintings. Go figure. Um, I said no wilting flowers, but complicated women. And a lot of female friendships. Oh, interesting. A lot of women together. There's another one of her and Judith and her maidservant with the the head in a basket. With his head. I think it's in the... (laughs) Yeah, it's right here. Yeah, right, right. So, yeah. Once again, age-appropriate bonding of ladies there's a lot going on there but they're all mm-hmm. yeah i mean she just i think she liked judith yeah. do we um, know
1: anything about her relationship with women in her life
0: um other than she had two daughters and kind of sought them out to be uh, i think she when the medici, the medici mm-hmm. experience like the wife is the reason she got in with that family okay so cool, i think cool, she cool. schmoozed the right people and was able to, to like work those get in there yeah i think the mrs medici was the reason she was in that family. Mm-hmm. Um but people just like to cite her women of her paintings as being really dynamic and interesting. Um,
1: like women are people.
0: Yeah. And then there's the Madonna and Child uh, towards the end of my slides. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the opposite of what we saw earlier. But it's also a little different because A, the baby looks like a baby. Which, as
1: opposed to like the mini. mini as a mini man, film. right? Yeah. That
0: happens a lot. But also this little hand coming up, I find such a sweet touch. Like, mm-hmm. like reaching out towards the mother's baby face. little like, hey, mama. Like, I think that's such a real moment between a mom and a baby that I just love that she captured it. A lot more beheadings. There's another one. There's a really good example of like Baroque with Judith and the Maidservant. There's like one candle. Yeah. There's a lot of dramatic lighting. They're shoving a head in a bag. Just every time there's a killing of a dude it's not about him dying. It's about these two ladies and what they're doing with it.
1: That's awesome.
0: I don't know. I just like her. So my last little thing I want to talk about. I don't want to end on a bad note, but I'll tell you. I'll tell you a good story at the end of this. So the bad note is, uh, she's been subject of several plays and books, you know. Um, but there was one movie in 1997, and uh, directed by a woman. Uh, I think it was made in Italy, and it's uh, um, maybe an artistic take on what actually happened. So their take was. Tassie and Artemisia had a torrid affair that was looked down upon by the puritanical uh, Catholic. That's like oxymoron. The Catholic uh, Society of Rome just didn't understand how a woman's lust could allow her to have like a fulfilled relationship. I'm okay. I'm okay. Hang on. It gets better. It gets better. Yes. Tassie is played by a man who is 26 years older than the woman playing Artemisia. Which is mm-hmm. actually accurate yeah. to the story, so there you go. Um, and he gets his character while she's getting tortured gets to save her by admitting to the rape because he can't see her in pain anymore. Mm.
1: It was released no. in 1997.
0: You no. ready? Here's my clincher. Guess who produced it? Miramax. Who owns Miramax? Michael. Oh, don't make me say it. Mr. Weinstein.
1: No. Yeah.
0: Now, I'm not saying he was involved in writing the script. I'm just saying we have a culture of problems. (laughs) And we're all involved. How? We're all involved. Anyway, there was a lot. It did not go well. It was not like a blockbuster. And there was plenty of dissension against it when Mm. it came out. They were all like, A, why didn't you just do the real thing? B, like, of all the tacks to take with your story, this is the worst you could do.
1: (sighs) And that made person. me
0: more mad than I i just, it made me so mad. It made me so mad. It made me so mad. And then he's the freaking hero. I can't even. Oh, my oh God. of course, because he's the man. He has to be the and hero. And it's like all about how like, oh, they just don't understand our love. And I'm like, yeah, it's rape. Rape is, rape is not love. Rape is not love. Rape is not love. Especially when he's a rapist. Priors. Oh, my God. There's no especially. He's a monster. Let's all just not like his art anymore. Um,
1: positive note to end on? Positive note to
0: end on, this is the lady that Megan told me about and got me all fired up about learning about women in history. Oh,
1: that's amazing. Because I was
0: like, I don't know any lady painters. That's great. Yes, please. Yes, please. Yes. Also, her art is like evocative today. I think it just grabs you in a way that I appreciate.
1: No, it totally does. Yeah.
0: So thanks, Megan. Thank you, Megan. For teaching me about Artemisia. Yeah. She's definitely one of her favorite ladies. She's one of my favorite ladies. Yeah, and she how did you mention it? Cool.
1: Like, I don't think I can name another female painter.
0: None of that era. It's rare, yeah.
1: man. So queens s- and stuff. It's just the queens. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah she she seems like
1: a complete badass.
0: Yeah, she seems super cool. mean So Artemisia Gentileschi.
1: There you go. Thank you, Katie.
0: You're welcome. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Missing History.
1: If you have suggestions for women you think we should profile, email us at missinghistorypodcast at gmail.com.
0: You can get in touch with us at Miss History Pod on Twitter or Missing History on Instagram. We're also on Facebook at Missing History.
1: If you liked the show, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your
0: podcasts. Today's episode was produced by Jen and co-executive produced by Frankie. Thank you for listening to Missing History.